Good morning, everybody. I hope you're all having a wonderful day today. It's great for us to be together today because we're starting a brand new sermon series that we're calling Collide, as you just saw on the screen. And, uh, you know, as we seek Jesus, we are going to be on a collision course with the culture that rejects him. And it's sort of like if you've ever hit a patch of ice. Anybody ever walking and, and it maybe rained that night and it froze and your sidewalk is slick and you walk, you don't know it and you hit it. And anybody ever fallen down when you've done something like that? Um, uh, and, y you know, uh, it, it's every time you put your foot down in that case, you're sort of not sure if you're going to be able to stand or if you're going to be able to fall. And, um, you know, it's, it can be terrifying because, you know, when you get in a body like this, you don't want it to hit the ground like that, you know. But I saw this video about trying to walk on ice. I thought you guys might enjoy it. So let's watch the video and uh, we'll get back together. Oh my God, dude, that party was so cool. I almost just kicked that rock. <laughs> 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 now, isn't it bad when you laugh at somebody that that has it? That, that makes me think of my grandmama and my mama. They used to always laugh if somebody fell like that. But trying to live by the world's standards and trying to be a Christian is like trying to stand on ice. And eventually we're going to slip and we're going to fall. A person who is genuinely seeking Christ cannot also be following the culture's values. It simply can't work. We're going to crash. We're going to burn. Um, since the beginning, the Christian faith has been on a collision course with the culture around us. The values of the world do not align with the values of faith. The priorities of the world do not align with the priorities of God. The kingdom of man is not seeking the same things as the kingdom of God. These types of Perilous adventures are very much like walking through life trying to depend on worldly wisdom. And the problem is that we can be sure that if we're trying to follow the culture's values, which let's be honest, they are constantly shifting, we will not have solid footing to stand or walk on. However, what we learn from Jesus is to trust the eternal, consistent teaching of Scripture. Scripture, in fact, warns us of the inevitability of this tension between Christ and the culture. In 2 Timothy 3, we begin reading in verse 12. In fact, Paul writes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be what? persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So it's not going to work because the world is opposed to Jesus Christ. And if I'm accepting Jesus, the world will persecute me because I'm following the one 
did they reject? In Mark 13, 13, we read, everyone will hate you because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. You know, it always amazes me how the world talks about tolerance and the world wants to talk about, you know, just acceptance. And this is true of everyone except those who put their faith in Christ. Have you noticed that? I mean, we want to be tolerant of everybody's opinions until it comes to those who follow Jesus. Therefore, we shouldn't be surprised when we experience conflict and tension. Instead, we should see the conflict and the tension as confirmation that we're doing the right thing. If you have your Bible with you, you can open it up to Colossians 2.8 or you can follow along on the screen. But <clears throat> we read the words of Paul. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on who? Christ. In, in that verse, Paul warns us about the world's logic and the world's values. He calls us as believers to stand firm on a different set of values. Those are the values of Christ. But even when we choose to stand firm on the things of God, we're still going to be faced with the values of the world. How do we know when something we hear is not from God, but is from the culture? Uh, how do we know when we're being led astray, or worse, being held captive by worldly principles and teachings? How do we know we can walk through and not slip and fall? Well, today, I, I hope we can answer some of those questions uh, the big idea of this message today is that since worldly values are of no value, we must value the Spirit's guidance in order to stand firm. It's all about trusting in the Lord, following His Word, and listening to the Spirit. Now, since the advent of the church, there have been people who have tried to spread false teachings about what it means to be the people of God. Paul considered these hollow and deceptive teachings. He warned Christians to be careful what they believed to be true and to stand firm on the simple truths of the gospel. Now the world tries to water down the gospel. And we even see some churches buying into that. Some churches that no longer will even mention sin. Some churches that will even say, it doesn't matter what you believe. You don't even have to believe in Jesus. And I don't know how you can be, call yourself a Christian and call yourself a church and uh, say something like that. So we need to be aware uh, of all of this. We need to make a choice to stand firm on the truth of the gospel. Those deceptive truths can be very enticing. However, they will not provide us with the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. So we have to get into a rhythm of standing firm on the message of the gospel 
And when you hear something that is deceptive or that is false, declare it as such and keep returning to the Word of God. Now, as we get started this morning, I'd like to draw your attention back to that illustration we started with about standing on ice, you know, trying to find our footing when it's slippery. Regarding worldly principles and teachers, you're never quite sure you're going to land on solid ground as principles and values are constantly changing. And this is the problem, at least one problem, with trying to adapt your values to the values of the culture. Point one is this, worldly values are of no value because they are inconsistent. Have you recognized that things that you were taught when you were younger, the things that you were told this is right, in our culture today we're being told, no, that's wrong. Anybody, anybody seen that? Anybody seen where we once were taught, no, this is wrong, but today in our culture, it is flip-flop to where, no, that is right. What was once right is now wrong, and what was once wrong is now right. You see our culture, and it changes, like within two or three or four years, it changes. Let me help illustrate that point with something that Uh, We're all familiar with one of the primary mottos of the kingdom of man, which reflects the world's values. Have you ever heard, follow your heart? Anybody ever heard that? Just follow your heart. In other words, do whatever makes you happy. Anybody ever said that to you? You ever heard somebody tell somebody else that? Uh, Years ago... And I've shared this before, but not in a while. There was a young lady in a church I was serving in, and um, she was having some, uh, uh, she wanted to find a man that would treat her right and love her, okay? And she met this guy uh, who, uh, he was married, and he started talking to her, you know? And he started trying to really, be nice to her and kind to her. And she's thinking, oh, this feels so good. It feels so good to have somebody be nice to me and kind to me. And she asked one of her best friends, who was a Christian, you know, what do you think I should do? And her friend said, well, just be happy. I tell you what, that is not from God. Just be happy. Um, These principles sound good, but the problem is they're inconsistent. They're shaky. They, They contradict the teachings of Scripture. You may remember in Jeremiah 17, 9, it, it reads, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And and let me let me change that last word. Who can trust it? Who can trust the heart? Because it is deceptive. The world says, follow your heart. But the Bible warns us that often the heart is wicked and deceitful and confusing. 
So who can understand it or who can trust it? Jesus said in Matthew 10, 39, whoever finds their life will what? Lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will what? Find it. So the world says that you need to make sure that you're happy no matter what because Jesus says, uh, or but Jesus says, we should lose our lives for his sake. In other words, we should trade all the stuff that we think makes us happy in our kingdoms for his kingdom. Where amazingly, we discover a deeper and an even more abiding joy. We discover that the Spirit will change our minds about what makes us happy. The heart is inconsistent. It is ever-changing. It is falling in and out of love with any number of things. Happiness is an ever-moving target from one day to the next. Sometimes one hour to the next. Do you ever notice that? How many people have, have given up on a marriage because they said they wanted to be happy? Listen, God wants us to be holy. And then we will discover what holy happiness truly is. Just be honest for a moment. How can you build anything stable? off of these ever-changing principles. As you think about that last question, flip over to me with, uh, to Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. In this passage, Jesus was teaching the Sermon on the Mount, and this is what he had to say about building our lives. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be uh, compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the what? The rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You see, standing on ice, you know, we, we can't stand. Uh, Jesus himself was commanding us to listen and obey his teachings. And when we do, we will be standing on a firm foundation. Now let me speak from personal experience when I tell you that out of the many values the world will throw your way, none will allow you to stand firm when the going gets tough. I don't know how people go through difficult times when they don't have a relationship with God. I don't know how people stand firm on the shifting sands of inconsistency that we have in our culture. So why are these things so attractive to us? Why does it sound so appealing to follow my heart, to seek whatever makes me happy? Well, this brings us to point number two. Worldly values are seductive because they sound right. They seem right to people. 
who don't know Jesus. Another word for seductive could be enticing. Either way, the truth is many things and words the world tries to give us and tell us can look and sound very attractive when we see and hear them. Another way of putting this phrase, follow your heart, do what makes you happy, is do whatever feels good. Anybody ever heard that one? Hey, just do whatever feels good. How many times uh, has doing what feels good been so wrong? If you think about it, our culture has long pushed the feel-good-at-all-cost value down our throats. And I, I'm just, listen, and I'm not trying to pick on the music industry, but certainly we've had these values sung to us and put on us by the music industry, the, by the media. I, I think of that old song in the early 70s. Anybody remember this? If loving you is wrong... Wow, y'all listen to that song. How many of y'all sang that song? I probably did too. Oh, yeah. And we're not even thinking about what we're singing. There's another song that's sort of like this. Whitney Houston made this song popular. Anybody remember Saving All My Love for You? Anybody remember that song? Man, she really made that song. She was so gifted. And we sing it. And, and you know what? A lot of times that song is sung in weddings. Did you know that? We sing this, saving all my love for you. Do you know what the song is about? You know the plot of the song? It's about a woman pining for her lover to leave his wife and children. Did you know that? We're singing this song. <laughs> We're thinking, oh, what a wonderful song. And the bride has picked this song for her wedding. You know, it's ironic. We glorify being unfaithful or having sexual relationships outside of marriage. And it may sound right that people should be able to love whoever they want to. And you can do that in our culture. But that doesn't make it morally right. It doesn't make it good. We can, we can feel good but it may give us some satisfaction for a little bit, but it will always come with a price to pay. We chase after the things that will support us in our efforts to do whatever feels good. People even choose churches to attend that will support their sinful choices and not call them sin. And you know, believe it or not, the Bible even talks about this. Uh, Paul wrote Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Man, if that wasn't written for this culture, I got a sneaky feeling it was written for every culture. But we can certainly see the truth of that. 
You see, Paul knew many people would spend their entire lives searching for a truth that lined up with their lifestyle. No, I'm going to do what feels good, so I'm going to find a truth that fits with my lifestyle, even if it's wrong, even if it's not moral or ethical or godly. In addition, many people reject the truth in Scripture because it contradicts their lifestyle. Well, they might be real good with, oh, Jesus is Lord or Jesus is Savior, but when it comes to the things the Bible says, hey, this is the way you should live. This is the choices you should make. Oh, well, you know, that, that was old-fashioned, right? They received something meant to bring conviction, and they ignore it as useless. And therefore, we have to be people who continuously fill our ears and our minds with the truth of the gospel. Because within its pages, we have something that we can stand firm on. The Bible is full of practical life principles that enable us to live the abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. You remember in John 10, 10, where Jesus said the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy? The thief is Satan. But Jesus came, he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. It's not like God doesn't want us to enjoy life. That's what a lot of that's what the culture tries to make. Well, if you're try, if you follow the Bible, you will not have fun. There's no way to have fun as a Christian because they just want to take all the fun away. That's the biggest bogus lie you can ever listen to. Because in Christ, we have a fun that we don't have to feel guilty for later. We have a fun that's not going to give us a hangover. We have fun that we will be able to remember, right? And we have fun that when we stand before the creator of the universe, we're not going to be judged for. I heard this saying the other day, and I believe it's true. Dallas Willard made this statement. What the devil can't fully destroy, he will seek to distract. Hmm, that's... There's a lot of truth in that. And I think a lot of us have been distracted. I mean, Satan will try to steal our time, our treasure, our attention. That's why we have to stand firm on the Word of God. And if he can't get us to totally give him our attention or totally push God away, he will try to distract us from what God wants us focused on. And that's why we have to abide in Christ. That's why we need to have daily time in God's Word. And as you learn how to point out the worldly values that don't align with the kingdom of God, you need to also spend energy pursuing the values that do align with the kingdom of God. And this is our last thought today. We need to allow the Spirit to guide us. It's not enough to simply say no to the things and values of the world. We have to take it a step further and say yes to the things of God. Christ gave us the Holy Spirit to be our God and to be a strength 
in this effort. Uh, in John 14, 17, uh, Jesus said, He is the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. Friends, Jesus invites us to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. And once we begin to follow God's lead, we will be able to experience the best life possible, the fullness of life. We'll be constantly coming back to the only truth worth standing on at all, one that will never lead us astray. Now, there was a time that I was in a relationship that wasn't good. This is many years ago. Most of y'all didn't know me at that time. It wasn't a good relationship for me, spiritually or emotionally, or for the other person. And I can't blame the other person because I had just as much to do with it as they did. We were just not good for each other. We would argue. She would be physically violent at times. But I was not leading in a spiritual way. I wasn't standing firm. We were involved in behavior that was not honoring God. We were buying into the world's values. And even though I sensed it wasn't the best relationship, I sort of got myself in a bind because I asked her to marry me. And even though I felt like after I did it, I, re I regretted it. I knew it wasn't right. I felt like I couldn't get out of it. And I was going to go through with it even though I recognized it wasn't right. And at that time, my brother Mike had a conversation with me. I know it had to be tough for him to say what he needed to say. But he told me that he was concerned. You know, sometimes you have people that you feel like you need to say something to and you just bite your tongue. You don't, you don't, you don't want to be offensive to them. You, you, how do you say what you need to say? But what he said to me was that it wasn't so much what he did see as much as it was what he didn't see in our relationship. And God used him to break through the noise of the world, to break through my shell that I had put up here, and to help me focus on the truth of God's Word. And I tell you, I am forever grateful to my big brother who loved me enough to speak truth to me. Don't we all need people who love us enough to speak truth to us? I know that I would not be here today if he had not done that. God's Spirit moved him to help me see the truth. You know, it takes devotion and effort to learn to walk in step with the Spirit as you follow the teachings of Scripture. There will always be temptation to veer off the path and go walk on ice, that slippery slopes, you know. But again... Those temptations are only temporary, much like the rewards that they promise. Abundant life is found in the kingdom of God, and the Holy Spirit has given us a gift to help lead and guide the way. 
The world is trying to draw us into values that are inconsistent, that are seductive, and at worst, destructive. But today, as we begin this new series, we all have the opportunity to invite the Spirit of God to guide us into scriptural truth, the one thing we can stand on knowing that we can remain firm on it. The first step, friends, is to call out and recognize any false truths or principles that maybe we have been believing in. I gave a, a couple of examples earlier, but uh, for reference, it might be things like follow your heart. You know, is that, is that the motto of your life? Do whatever makes me happy. Do whatever makes me feel good. Is that the motto of your life? There's no absolute truth. Well, we hear that from the culture, don't we? You, you can be whatever you want to be. You want to be a horse? You can be a horse. And, and listen, I, I am sorry if, if children are confused and they begin uh, being given this, this idea that you can be whatever you want to be. Friends, it's just not true. And, and we need to help God and we need to love. And so we need to stand firm on that. The next step is admitting how enticing and attractive some of those principles are. Yeah, it, it, it does sound good to pretend like they aren't, right? But it also does no good to think that we can simply avoid all these false teachings that are rampant in our world simply because we don't like them. And finally, we have to trust in the Spirit to lead and to guide us into and through the truth. And I want to ask you, just as you sit there today, I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to come forward unless you feel the Spirit leading but I'm asking you to personally, internally, mentally, spiritually choose to take a stand today and every day going forward that you're going to stand on the Word of God, that you're going to stand on Jesus Christ, you're going to stand on the Spirit of God. Taking a stand means personally making a decision that you're not going to follow the world's values that you're going to discover, that you're going to seek to know, is that value the value of Christ? And you choose Jesus every time. And when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's a part of what you're saying. You're saying, I am choosing today to follow Christ. Even though the world may say no, I'm going to say yes to Him. That's the choice we're making. Not just that he'll save my soul, but that I will live for him on a daily basis. Taking a stand may mean doing what my brother did, speaking truth to people we care about. When you see someone you love stepping in front of an 18-wheeler, don't you think you would have the responsibility to, hey, watch out! Now, if you just let me walk in front of an 18-wheeler and don't say anything, I guess you might be a Duke fan. I'm playing, I'm playing. I love you all. I love you all. 
But when you do confront someone, listen, let's do it in love. Let, let's not belittle them. Let's not attack them. Let's not take our Bible and beat them over the head with it. We need to do it like my brother did for me, out of love. And taking a stand by making sure that you post stuff on social media that will not embarrass you on the day you stand before Jesus. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I, I think every time we communicate, we ought to ask, is this something that honors Jesus? Is this something that Jesus would be happy with me about posting? Don't react the way the world reacts. React the way Jesus would react. Will you choose to trust the leading of the Spirit of God? I think more often than not, uh, we know when we're making a decision led by our sinful nature rather than the nature of the Spirit. Don't you think we know? I mean, if I'm having to make a decision about where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do and what I'm going to say and how I'm going to communicate with a person, in your heart, in your mind, if the Holy Spirit is in you, don't you think you can figure out is this right for me to say or is this wrong for me to say? Now, it might make me feel really good to just lay somebody low, to cuss them from here to heaven, right? To, to give them the one-finger salute when they cut us off, right? It may make us feel good. But is it the Holy Spirit leading that reaction? The Holy Spirit will prompt us and guide us if we enable him to. We want to move beyond just a recognition of what good and bad behavior is. We want to get to the place in our spiritual life where we have a sense of what the Spirit wants us to do. Not just, well, the Spirit doesn't want me to commit this sin. Okay, so I won't do that. Uh, but we can sense the Spirit prompting us to speak to someone about something that is more important than a ball game. Something that's more important than the weather. But something that could have eternal consequence. We need to trust the Spirit as He leads us. Will you make a daily commitment to Scripture? Friend, if I could say anything that would help you and, and, and help you and I to stand against the culture when we collide, it would be to get into God's Word. Many here are going through several Bible reading programs. I know some that are reading through the Bible three times and some trying to read through the Bible once this year. And, you know, back, back in August of 2022, we, I don't know if any of y'all joined us or did anything, but we did the 100-day prayer journey. Anybody remember that? when we did that. Uh, you know, and I, I've always tried to have a quiet time, and sometimes it's been more hit and miss, like most everybody else. But I started journaling, and, and, I, and, I, and I went and bought this neat little leather-bound book. has a nice little cross with it, you know. has a nice little saying on the outside. None of that means anything. But uh, I started keeping a record of my reading and my praying. And uh, this journal goes from August 2022 to December 2023. So in the pages of this are what I read and what I prayed. 
Um, and I believe that this has been a vital part of my spiritual health. I encourage you to make a commitment between you and God to make that happen. Because if we're going to try to follow Jesus, friends, we need to know we're, gonna, we're on a collision course with the culture. And will you be able to stand after that collision? Let me encourage you to stand firm with the knowledge that worldly values are of no value. But when you value the Spirit's guidance that comes from the Word of God, that comes from seeking Him, that comes from prayer, listen, friend, you're going to stand firm. Father God, we come to you today. And Lord, we know that we're surrounded by a culture that wants to promote itself, that wants to tell us that whatever we feel like doing, whatever we think will make us happy, that these are the things that we, want, that we should do. Uh, whether they are in accordance with your word or not, we have just accepted or bought in to what the world is telling us. And so, Father, I pray that your spirit would break through this lie that your spirit would uh, enable us to stand firm uh, and not follow the ways of the world. And Father, give us the strength to even to, to speak to those that we love who are sliding into that uh, culture, that are, that are getting out there ready to walk on ice where there won't be any solid footing at all. And help us to draw them back to the firm foundation, the rock, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.